0: You know, it's not surprising, the statement that we should love God. I mean, he is eminently lovable. He's perfect. He made you. He is everything. But the wonder of the Bible and the message of the cross and what we gather around today is the reality that he loves us. And that's remarkable. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Why in the world does God love you? I mean that's the message the Bible's so amazingly hard and, and and difficult to accept in. That that Jesus, even when he's talking in Matthew thirteen, he says the kingdom of heaven is like is like the merchant who finds this pearl and he sells all he has and he goes and buys it. The pearl is you. You are deeply amazingly adored by God. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if you even believe it. I feel like that shapes so much of our lives that we don't believe it, that, that instead we're trying to find identity in our friends or in our people or in our job or in our money or in whatever circumstances are in our life. We don't really believe. And this is the message We're picking up this morning in John chapter 15, and if you want to go there, we're right in the middle. We're starting there. It's right in the middle of Jesus' final words to the disciples. It's four chapters long. He wants his guys to know some things, and this is one of them today. Very important for you and me. And it circles around this idea. It's remarkably focused, Jesus is, on encouraging us what's important in life after he goes to the cross for them which is fantastic because we're post-crossed today. What's your Christian life like, you know? He says, trust me, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says in chapter 14. He says, remain in my love and don't leave it. He says, abide in me because I'm the true vine, he said last week, right? All the same message. that The curtain comes up this morning, we're right in the middle of Jesus already talking, encouraging his guys about the importance that he loves them. Do you really believe it? As you abide in the love of Jesus, staying in that message, you know there's opposition. It's not New York City or wherever that is. But it's called in the Bible, the world. There's some stuff against you as you receive the love of Christ. And we talk about that today. I want you to see it. I want you to think through what he says about about the world hating you today because all over Christianity from the very beginning people talked about oh persecution and what is persecution and why does it happen so are you being persecuted are you being hated and then people use that message to say a variety of things I want you to know what Jesus means today and I want you to have a good understanding of what it means for you that you're hated by the world big deal from the Lord, I want you to get it I'm calling it here in the world because that's where we are, we are in the world we are not in heaven and yet we are Christ's bought by his blood adored by him what's going on here okay, so that's what we're going to do we're going to look at this last section where Jesus takes time to talk about how the world hates us Christians what does that mean? So I want to puzzle it through. I want you to think through the pieces, get the definitions right, because it's used wrongly a lot. We're going to try and get it right and say we understand this. And then I want you to see the heartbreaking, oh, I want you to feel some this morning if you can. And then to see how you're prepared, you and I, what God's done to keep us. Because we serve a great God and he loves you. Okay, here we go. First, we're going to puzzle it out. Here it goes. Chapter 15, and if you want to follow in your own Bibles, we're going to pick up in verse 18. John fifteen, eighteen. Uh, did I start with, the, where did I get my 18? Come back, 18. Well, I'll just read it from the text. It says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Well, that sounds like, well, at least as you start, if the world hates you, know that it's hated me before. Maybe the world doesn't hate you. But then you read on, like verse 19, right? If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. Fascinating statement, right? Because at first it sounds, when Jesus starts to talk, like, well, maybe the world will hate you. You know, it, it might. And then he ends with, oh, no, 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 therefore, it, it does. So think about that with me for a minute. Does the world hate you? A lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, of course the world hates me. You know, Christians say it a lot. Sometimes sometimes a self-justification for their failures. Yeah, things don't go very well for me. It's because the world hates me. Sometimes it's as a test, you know. I'm trying to see if the world really hates me because if it doesn't, maybe I'm not really a Christian because the world's supposed to hate Christians. That kind of idea. You know, you should you should be hated? <laughs> Mostly though, honestly, if I look at your life, if I look at my life, it doesn't seem like the world hates me. I mean, maybe in oppressive regimes like China, See, American is still mostly Christian, so we're not hated, but in communist countries or in repressive countries, well, well, is that what this means? Is that what Jesus is talking about? The world, right? I mean, mostly doesn't it seem to you like a lot of Christians are admired by the world? I really like Russell Wilson. He's got a pretty good reputation. He's a good guy. So it seems like most of us have, like, like things kind of go, we, we, well, good reputations in the world, the world appreciates moral uprightness, faithful dealings, loving kindness, honesty, people respond, they like that people help them. Okay, so we've got to get a little We've got to move away from being too general and indistinct, right? Like, you know, oh, if I'm really living for Jesus, then I'll encounter hatred, and if I don't, well, then I might not be really walking the right path. No, I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think that's what Jesus is getting after. Well, what is he getting after? So you come to the passages like this one in 1 John 2, he says, G-, well, this is John, but basically God's saying, right? Don't love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father's not in him. I go like, dude, there goes Galbraith. I like Mount Baker. Am I supposed to hate the trees? Like the world, right? The world, and I think of the world, I think of the world like the created world, the stuff in the world. And I think, that can't be it, right? Because we get, that's too vague. I'm starting with some strange application. I get puzzled really fast. So I, I want you to get this. You so need to understand what the world is. And then understand what they hate. Almost understanding the pieces like a puzzle. So traditionally, traditionally let's put in this bucket over here the three things, you know, that are against your soul. That's what traditionally Christians is. What are they? It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. Right? That's, in, in, in Latin it was, it was mundus, caro, et diabolus. Long standing history. People's understanding. The world isn't the creation, just like the flesh is not your physical body. Jesus isn't saying that the trees hate him when he says the world hates him. He, he's, well, think with me, who hated Jesus? Even when he's talking right then. He's speaking to the disciples. Has he gone to the cross? No. But the Bible's been very clear, John's been very clear about people hating him. Who hated him? Well, it wasn't the guy who got healed from his leprosy. wasn't the person who got his blindness restored to sight. wasn't the disciples looking at him. Who was it? It was the religious leaders, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. They hated Jesus. They're plotting to kill him. I mean, when Jesus comes in, in in Matthew or or, or John or Luke, to, to the triumphal entry and everyone's yelling, that's not hatred, is it? No. But then they're swung around by the religious authorities. They're pulled in to, to eventually say, crucify him! Kill him! That's kind of hatred. It's not even the Romans, right? Right and at this point, the Romans haven't really done anything to Jesus. They're, they're gonna, Pontius Pilate, the prelate, he's gonna turn Jesus over to be crucified. That'll qualify as hatred, but at, at this, when Jesus is speaking, The ones who hated him were the religious leaders, the law keepers, the ones in charge of making sure the moral system was kept. And then it spread. Everyone joins in, you know. But the world, the world. I think it particularly means the system of societal mores and codes. The way things work in this world. The system. People hate Jesus because of what he represents, because of the message. Okay, you've got to get even more specific, because even though we constantly are moaning about, you know, how the government's getting worse and how Christian freedoms are under attack, it's so easy to get the wrong idea. What is it that the world hates? It hates Jesus. Right, it hates that Jesus well get a little more specific about me for a minute. Did I come back? I want to go back to nineteen look. what 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 does it hate? Come back, twenty. Bah, the silly thing. Technology. I hate tech no, I don't hate technology. Technology's fine. Look. The world. If you're of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. What does the world hate? That Jesus chose you out of it. It just goes. It's amazing. No, but that's the thing, right? The idea that Jesus chose you out of the world. It hates that. Super important that you see this. See it clearly. The world does not hate moral living. We get that accusation and we accuse the world of it all the time because they lower the bar, they do other things, they look the other way, they don't have the same standards maybe that Christians have, but, but as a whole, different societies have different standards, but they don't like, they don't hate at all that you live up to the moral standard. They don't hate good behavior. Doesn't hate societal norm. Our country's a great example of this because you know the early fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, they, they, they framed our, our, our very constitution, right? They, they, they helped make the country. You know they weren't particularly Christian. They were deists. It's a little bit different. They thought God was very far off. There's a God out there. But what they did like, they liked the religious Christianity. We liked the churches. Because they help people be good citizens. What's that called? they that's the world. America's not Christian, America's part of the world. That's the world liking the moral system because it keeps things in order. That's not the world hates you. It's gotta be something else. Right? That whole idea. They didn't hate the religious function of the church, they loved it. So that's not the issue. The issue is not that the, that the world hates your moral progress or the world hates your love or the world hates your good deeds. No, the world hates you, Jesus says. Because they hate Jesus. What do they hate about Jesus? That he chose you out. What does that mean? He chose the wrong people. They hate that. Jesus is choosing the outcasts, and the lowly, and the lawbreakers, and the afflicted, and the ugly, and the broken. He's not taking the good people with great reputations who have worked on being connected. He, he, he's taking the tax collectors, and the thieves, the prostitutes. I, I Sorry to take so much time here, but if you don't get the definitions right, if you don't get the world, and the hatred of the world right, you go off in these weird directions. The world is the functioning societal, moral, and ethical system. It judges and justifies based on merit and connection. It has no trouble with the law. As long as it can be used. For their own ends, right? And it hates Jesus because he didn't operate in it. And he hates you because you are chosen by him. It's another way to say this. Can I say it another way? You're adored by Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. And the devil goes, why them? And starts to accuse, because that's the name of the devil, the accuser. Your flesh goes, I'm going to come up with reasons because I'm a good person. And the world just hates it. It's all wrong, right? We receive the incredible good news that Jesus loves us and it is finished. And there's nothing more for me except to remain in his love. There's no ladder, there's no climbing, there's no higher plane to get to, there's just Jesus. There's no inherent good in you. Paul said it right, there's no righteousness of my own. Righteousness just means goodness. I have no goodness, I got none. Just the proclamation of Jesus that he forgives sin for free. I mean it cost him, but it's free. Free no, no the world says no many churches say no governments say no there has to be judgment there has to be evaluation there has to be striving and improvement and building and advancement and so when we say the world hates us we need to be clear, right? it doesn't hate us because we're better than other people quite the contrary it doesn't hate us because we have some higher moral ethic no, no It doesn't hate us because we think a certain way on political issues. You know, like abortion or homosexuality. Plenty of debate around those things. I've got my biblical informed opinion about what the truth is. But I'll tell you, this is deeper than that. This is Democrat and Republican. Because they're both part of the world. And the world hates you. That's the word of Jesus. It's not liberal or conservative. Hatred is that we receive Christ for free. We don't earn it. We just proclaim this free gift for everyone. And we nobodies. We're adored. You're adored. We point openly, openly, we point out that everybody's a crappy sinner. I don't mean to be flagrant from the pulpit, but you are. There's nothing in you that says, oh, look at me. I'm so fine. The Lord deserved to choose me, not that guy on the street. No, our whole message is that we got nothing. And here comes God and he chose. Oh, it's fantastic. We're loved. Everybody's flawed and broken, really. And, and, and again, we, we kind of skirt around this a lot. We say, oh yeah, yeah, we're all broken here. And then we go right on to acting like we're not. <laughs> no, stop. We really are. It's not just about speeding. That's my favorite. You know, I sped a little today. Praise Jesus, I ask forgiveness. Yes, speeding like that doesn't know. You don't get up here and say, you know, I looked at pornography four times today. Then you're like, out of the pulpit you go, dude. Because some sin is so bad. But I'll tell you what, you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. And that's not a confession. I didn't. But you know what? I'm a sinner. It's real. I didn't somehow get out of it by praying a prayer. Except I know this. I'm forgiven. Totally, 100% forever by Jesus. He loves me. That's the message. Okay, so. Everybody's deeply wrong, right? Everybody. Biden is deeply wrong. Trump, deeply wrong. Billy Graham, deeply wrong. Mother Teresa, deeply wrong. Only hope for any of them is the free gift of God in Christ, Jesus' blood for them. And the persecution... Or the hatred that we have is around us holding fast to the free gift of Christ, not claiming any righteousness, not claiming any goodness of our own, like Paul. The world hates that, will persecute you for not following their guidelines. This is verse 20, he keeps going. We'll see if I can get technology to work. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So Jesus said, hey, they persecuted him. They did for not complying with their system, right? It's outside the law, going to people who didn't deserve it. He's hanging out with sinners. We're not talking about their political system. We're not talking about mask guidelines. We're talking about the system that says be a good person. Judge people on their character. The world does. I should talk, really good talk with someone who was saying, hey, you know, shouldn't we be preaching improvement of the world from the pulpit? I mean, if you were in Nazi Germany, I love this. It's so thought-provoking for me. If you were in Nazi Germany, wouldn't you be preaching against Hitler? Get on the street, you guys, fight the evil, get it better. And my my, my thinking through on that was I do preach against Hitler every week because I'm preaching against you. And as soon as you say the bad guys out there, what do you what are you implying? The good guys are in here. There's no one good, no not one. And yet we are constantly making those divides. Except not in this church. Because we're all in the sinking fast boat. Already sunk. And then this message comes of, you know what? I adore you. You who are like Hitler. I don't say that lightly. I say it knowing how bad I am. And yet this message has pierced the heart of us. And the Holy Spirit's open. And he's chosen us to say, oh, it's true. Forgiveness, full and free. Anyone that will hear it and we receive it and the world goes, that is so wrong. Hates it. Right? <laughs> it's like I've done this plenty. It's, you know, this uh, is from somebody else. It's not for me. It's like if you walk up to somebody and there's two um, young men standing there and you say to one of them, you say, oh, you are so handsome. What does the other one think? Yeah. You know, a pile of mud over here. Because as soon as we start to do that, as soon as we start to make those distinctions, we're we're, we're basically choosing and, and, and passing judgment on what things are. And God looks at you and says, I adore you. I adore anyone who will just receive it. That's our message. The world hates it. Okay, so we're puzzled out. The world is this deep. It's deep. It's the world working through the knowledge of good and evil. It's it's Adam and Eve eating of the tree of the good and evil because now they can decide, you know, now they know and they can make distinctions and they do. And it hates Jesus and, and us because Jesus chose us. Not because we were good, but because we trust him. We abide in his love. That that chose us, it's not a particular word of like like, oh, you know, he chose some, it didn't show him. No, he just doesn't like that it's free. Think about it a little bit more with me, it's heartbreaking. It is. Because it continues to go, Jesus does, says, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Now look, the rejection of the gospel of the world is a tragedy, and it's ironic, because they do it because of Jesus' name. It says, because of me, Jesus says, the response of the world to Jesus' disciples doesn't turn on them, not on who they are, but on who Jesus is. If you don't recognize Jesus, you don't recognize God. This is huge, right? I mean, think about it with me just for a minute, will you? I mean, there are so many religions. There are lots of ways to God. Invariably, they overlap, right? Not in the specifics of their worldview, but in their constant drumbeat to self-improvement, to be a person who has a rigid moral code, who does rightly and thinks rightly, is bettering themselves and the people around. Go ahead, think them through. Buddhism. Hinduism. Right? Islam. Even atheism. You're buying into the culture. You're trying to be an upstanding citizen. It's all about that. It's, It's even a religion to say, I'm doing the right things. The radical news is that Jesus has done it all. And just stay there. Trust that he will set things right. And you say, no, 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 no. You're not complying with the code, dude. Actually, it's somewhat even worse than that. It says, if I hadn't come and spoken to them, they wouldn't have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. This is very similar to how the Old Testament takes takes sin and guilt, right? You have Adam and Eve in the garden, right? They're naked and unashamed. And then they disobey God and they eat of the fruit. And all of a sudden their eyes are open. And now they realize, oh no, I, 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 <laughs> we're naked. And they go and they start to wrap themselves up. And they hide They were naked before, and they were fine. Trusting God, and they're in God, and all of a sudden they lose it, and they go, and they they, they make distinctions themselves, and decide for God what's good and bad. God holds them accountable, then out they go. You have the people of Israel, remember them, our women's study has been through numbers recently, before Mount Sinai, before the law was given, the people of Israel complain and they're angry at God, and what does God do? He just gives them food. And then they get the law, here are the rules, this is what you need to follow. And then afterwards they say, oh well, now we complain and grumble, and then what happens? Plagues, death, accountability for sin. So here comes Jesus. He comes directly from God. And his radical message is that everybody's toast. Burnt. There's no keeping the law. It is too high. What you need is a humbling of your heart, a changing of your mind about what saves you, and trusting in Jesus. And people hate it. They hate his grace. Why do I say that? Because Jesus does. Whoever hates me, hates my father also. If I would not done among them the works that no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen and hated both me and my father this ultimate rejection is the cross they crucify him they hate him by the way we did too don't get judgy on it my sin put him there if he hadn't opened our eyes now But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. It's heartbreaking, right? The very law that pointed them to Christ. The very law that sets forth how to have relationship in sacrifice and humility. It breeds pride and the rejection of Jesus himself. And the law, and he's quoting there from Psalm 69, 4, which is amazing. He calls that the law. It actually says, they hated me without cause. Jesus claiming, yes, I'm speaking through the the psalmist crying out for my heart over humanity condemns them you see there's a system there is the, the system is people who think a certain way they do uniformly in this critical area, no matter what religion you think you're from, no matter what government you think you're from, no matter what political party you think you're from, you've been infected and think in a certain way, and that's the world. And there's guilt that doesn't go away, and there's shame that abides, because if you do not have free forgiveness and the absolution of the blood of Christ on your life, you have nothing no matter how will you do in every single way and it's heartbreaking because Jesus cries out with his words and his deeds to trust him, and people instead they trust themselves huh. so yeah, this is heartbreaking right I mean here's how Hebrews says it is that how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation he's not talking Hebrews is not Jesus is not talking there in in, in, in As he pulls in, and the the author of Hebrews, whoever he was, speaks, it's, it's not talking about your works. It's talking about what a great salvation we have in Christ. Made a little lower than the angels, but exalted in Christ above everything. It's so, so incredible. How can we neglect it? By rejecting it. We read, read today, but that's what I call in the world. I think this is the world because this is the people reject Christ, right? We read it in Matthew 7, the Lord, Lord didn't I syndrome. I love that. The Lord, Lord didn't I? Lord, Lord didn't I? Lord, Lord didn't I do a bunch of stuff for you? Lord, Lord didn't I heal people in your name? Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? Lord, Lord, didn't I do great works in your name? Lord, Lord, didn't I live a life that was, that was worthy of your attention and love? Didn't Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? And Jesus says, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. because the law is finished in Christ. Lord, I haven't, but I trust you. There's the answer. It's filthy rags are works. We cannot be transactional except what Jesus produces in me, which he promises he'll bear fruit. We just looked at that last week. This is about the work of Christ alone. It is hated. It is tragic. And so what do we, the people who want you to trust him, say, I, I, Dex, I kind of get what you're saying. I get where you're going. I feel it. What What do I do with this? Well, I, I just want you to know that you're prepped. You're prepared. Let me show you. Taped up. Because it says in verse 26, but when the helper comes, Holy Spirit, right? Whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me. So this is the third statement about the Holy Spirit that Jesus has made in this talk that He gives to the guys. The Paraclete, right? The Spirit of Truth. So this ongoing hatred and the preparation that He's giving them is not love your neighbor. It, it, it better, it's not doing good things so people will listen. It's the actual witness of the Holy Spirit to you. This is what the helper does, right? He bears witness about Jesus. We so need this. Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, anyone who will look on him will be saved. That's John 3, right? Trust him and abide right here, not in a new code, because that starts to make the code the important center. But the important center, is it remains. He adores you. He went to the cross for you. He's God. He forgives you. Romans 8 says it similarly. The Spirit himself bears witness. There it is, that bearing witness, right? With our spirit, what? That we are children of God. So, 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 so this is what we receive, right? That even though other people are rejecting me, even though my circumstances aren't going well, e- even though my family seems to fall apart, even though, even though my, my relationships, oh man, how I long for more friends and a bigger circle and, and more connection or, or, or more resources, whatever it is, I know the Holy Spirit is telling me inside, oh, that's not what it's about. Don't follow the world. See the incredible love of Jesus for you. How do I know it? The Holy Spirit witnesses the word of God says it, and it 's true that 's the preparation right and then it says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning it 's particularly to these disciples right who will tell everyone about Jesus, who will write the gospels, who will inform and, and, and be spreading this great news of Jesus. They will hold fast to the love of Christ for them. They will experience deep failure in their own moral commitment because they're about to fail Jesus almost right away. Yet they'll testify to the ongoing love and forgiveness of Christ for them. This is the witness. Be prepared. The world hates this message. This is the message we're bringing, right? It isn't, hey, join join the team so that you become a better person. It's not join the team because you'll get benefits. It's Do you realize how much love God already has for you? Okay, just a little bit more. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Jesus is using his words to hold them. And and that's the greatest danger, right? It's not death. It's apostasy. It's falling away from this message. They will put you out of the synagogues, he says. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. They're so confused. Even to this day, some people who think they are Christians and they are literally killing others who say they are Christian. The coming hour there, by the way, I believe is the hour of the death and resurrection of Christ. When it became real that Jesus did that for us. By the way, Jesus is assigning honest religious motives to persecutors. They're not right, they're misguided, it makes it worse, not better. But the most dangerous opposition to the gospel doesn't come from careless pagans. It comes from zealous adherence to religious codes. And they think they offer worship to God, that's what it says there, right? They're offering service, that word means worship, to like take you out. Because God can't be about free and gracious forgiveness, about treasuring people who are broken and lost. It has to be about getting people to right think, to be like me. Anyway, this is absolutely critical today, you and me. They will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But you and I, we know. We know Jesus. And we are prepared because the world does hate us. Not it might hate you, if you stand uprightly, but it does. The world hates you in a very specific way because Jesus chose you. It hates the message of the cross. It hates that sinners are saved, not righteous people. It hates that he counts not our works against us. It hates that the entire system of the world is going up in flames. It doesn't work. And so often, you and I, we back off the truth. So here's my plea to you today. Don't back off the truth. Don't buy back into the mindset, that wrongness, that because in our flesh, we hate the grace of God too. Oh, we're saved and God has saved us, but I'm still walking around in this flesh and I still hear the messages of the world and I still long for achievement and I still want people to really like me and I still want to be faithful to God, me, not so. So I start to buy into the mindset that that's what God is after instead of his offer of free forgiveness by the blood of his Son. That's our identity. Seeing that we're radically and wonderfully valued by Jesus. That's our identity. Oh, precious people, you are a pearl. And Jesus gave everything for you. I don't know why. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. But he does. Abide in his love. In this world you have tribulation, Jesus says. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's got us. Let's pray.